0: All right, three straight just awful playoff losses, each one very unique, each one very different for Trista's Dallas Cowboys, yet no, Jarrah has decided that he would like to keep Mike McCarthy around for another year, and as Mike McCarthy said, he wants you to buy in because he came there to win a championship. So here we are, which has been, it's captivated everybody. When it's the Dallas Cowboys, we know everybody gives a damn about what they're doing, who their coach is, who their quarterback is, how they lose, and what what Jarrah has to say every single time he goes out there and talks to the media. The good thing is, though, Brian brought us 105.3. The fan jumps on with us live from Dallas, where you could not be more in touch with how people feel about this Mike McCarthy decision. Uh, Brian, I know this, for us outside, Pretty big shock when the news broke that they were going to keep Mike McCarthy around, especially with all of the other coaching candidates that were out there that were a potential maybe for Dallas. What was the reaction within the media, within the fan base, with everybody around there when it came out that Jerry Jones was going to keep Mike McCarthy as the head coach?
1: Well, uh, good evening, guys. And you know what? To be honest with you, as media members, we really weren't surprised. And and I'll say Mm -hmm. this in a way – that um, the Cowboys are very, very comfortable with the way that they operate. And I mean with the way they operate is that with the head coach, Will McClay, Stephen Jones, and, and the way they do personnel and the way that, you know, it's, if you change out your coach, then that means we're going to potentially have scheme changes. Maybe we're going to have personnel changes. Maybe we're going to have uh, other coaches that have to get changed out. And and I think that Will and, well, Stephen and Will, because, you know, Jerry Jones is, uh, I think, has the veto power for things that they do. But really the nuts and bolts of the whole operation now is is really Stephen and Will and Mike McCarthy. And the Cowboys are very, very good. Now, last year they didn't draft particularly well, or the players they drafted did not show up particularly well the Cowboys have had a great history of personnel and the way they've been able to you know build rosters and I think people are around the league are very impressed with the rosters that they do have so uh, change would mean potentially changing the way that they operate when it comes to securing players and I think that's you know Steven's very comfortable Will's very comfortable with that and I think that's really what led to them to keep Mike McCarthy because yeah sure could they've gone out and I know people have asked me on, you know, on Twitter, like, if you were the GM, you know, I would, sure, I would go talk to Jim Harbaugh, you know, that's, absolutely, I would talk to Jim Harbaugh, you know, and I, you know, you you look at him, he's, he's had success in the NFL, he's had success success at the collegiate level, you could talk about, you know, Bill Belichick, other things, I, I know this for a fact, these guys would have welcomed the opportunity to talk about this job, I've got enough sources and connections that, you know, those guys would have, would have. Welcome the opportunity to, to talk about the job. They didn't get the opportunity to because I think the front office really doesn't want to upset the way that they operate right now because they think it's a very, very successful way of drafting players, signing your own players, and then figuring it out from there. Unfortunately, it hasn't turned into playoff success. Regular season success, it sure has the last three years.
2: Yeah. And to turn that into playoff success, because again, I mean, they were eight, eight, oh perfect, uh, you know, at home this season again. And sure. um, when you look at the, on the field stuff though, right? Like the defensive side of the ball, number one in pass rush win rate, they could get after the quarterback. We know that that's what Dan Quinn does. They're super aggressive, but the pass defense really struggled. The run defense really struggled. And then on the offensive side of the ball, You know, I don't think they had the personnel, like, which is crazy to say because they were one of the higher scoring teams in the league. But Mike McCarthy, when they moved down from Kellen Moore, said they wanted to run the ball more. And they just weren't able to do that because Tony Pollard didn't look like an every down back, or maybe it was the scheme. You know, but what do they do now to take the regular season success and turn that into playoff success on both sides of the ball, really? You know, is it just personnel? Like, how do you fix it if it's going to be the same guys coming back, the same coaching staff coming back?
1: Well, yeah, that's and that's the that's the question. And the the biggest the biggest misevaluations there were two areas that they really misevaluated. And they misevaluate now the problem that they run into with the run game stuff is, you know, you've got three pro bowl players on that offensive line, but you don't run the ball well. Why don't you run the ball well? Well, your right tackle was coming back from injury. You know, he had some good games, he had some poor games. Their point-of-attack blocking the tight ends not really good. They drafted Luke Schoonmaker to kind of help out with Ferguson and others. You know, with that, that didn't work out very well. And Tyler Biotis, the center, has had poor games himself. He gets overpowered. Uh, they isolate him one-on-one, and there's problems there. So, all of a sudden, you know, Tony Pollard's getting hit at the line of scrimmage, getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. He's coming back from injury. He didn't really look like himself until – you know, the latter part of the season. So they really couldn't run the ball all that well. You know, with when you talk about Dan Quinn, Dan was really, really big on playing what they call the big nickel, which is, you know, playing with linebackers down, excuse me, safeties down in the box to try and handle some things that these uh, offenses are doing. They went They went short at linebacker coming out of Oxnard. And then all of a sudden they lose Overshone, their draft pick who looked very promising in preseason. They lose uh Leighton Esch. So now all of a sudden you're playing with two hundred twelve pound linebackers, you know, and they're trying to deal with the run and they can't do that. And so yeah, it was a lot of things that they, you know, the, the those two main things. You run the ball, you can't. You try and stop the run, you can't. So yeah, it's it's a really it was a it was a very very difficult time for them, and I think Dan was doing the best he could to try and put, you know, some type of a band aid on really what was an amputation. You know, they just did not have the the personnel to be able to stand in their toe to toe. And it's funny because Green Bay knew that, Buffalo knew that. Towards the end of the season, you know, Dallas did play some better run defense. Miami didn't really run the ball on them all that well. The Commanders didn't really run the ball on them all that well, so they've had some times where they're pretty good at it. But you look at the Packer game; the communication problems they had on the back end were were just that was that was just it was killer. And you know they're in man coverage; they they don't communicate. You know who's got who, and the next thing you know, you got tight ends running free, you got guys running free in the middle of the field, you got three guys running after one guy, nobody in the middle of the field to take the crosser. So, yeah, there there was times where, you know, this team just, you know, the penalties, you know, three straight years of leading the league in penalties, you know, I mean, there's just a lot of things that happened to this football team, and they won 12 games despite all the things I just talked about.
3: One of the things that I wanted from a coaching change, exactly what you're saying, Brian, is the fact that the discipline hasn't been there like you said, most penalized team in the NFL, a team that just ends up shooting itself in the foot with either offsides, false starts, holding Holding penalties have been huge on this offensive line. And so to me as a Cowboy fan, it feels like they more are closer to a team like the Yankees, a team like the Chicago Bulls, that's more interested in putting butts in the seat, selling merch, getting you excited for home games in the regular season and really don't care that much about winning it all which is extremely frustrating as someone who watched the Cowboys of the old in the 90s. how do the rest of the fans feel in Dallas?
1: no and everybody's disappointed I mean you know I think the I think the frustration level I know from you know I was worked at dot for like eight years and you know you feel it on that level in the last four years I've been with 1053 the fan. And now you really, really do get the fan base where, you know, they, they talk about the, well, boycott this and do that and don't buy this and don't buy that. And then what happens? You turn around and they're the most watched games. You know, they're the, they're the team that sells the most merchandise. You know, we all talk a really, really big game, but when it really comes down to it. But I do believe we're starting to see where now the fan base is like, it, it doesn't, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And I mean, it doesn't matter about the team, but it just, you know, they're, they're, they're just, they're total buy-in. I think that's why McCarthy said what he did you know, about buying in because there's people in, you know, around the world that are like, I'm, I can't buy in anymore. I can't put my emotions into this. You know, I can't, uh, I can't cheer for something that I know at the end of the day is going to come into a massive thud. And I I I I can totally understand the fan base. You know, the regular season is, you know, it's it is what it is, and then you get in the playoffs and it looks like a completely different team playing football. So I, I can totally understand it, but I think we're starting to see the fan base is is a little bit more detached than say the past years.
0: So let's look forward now, Brian. They're going to keep Mike McCarthy. They're going to have an extension decision to make on Dak Prescott. And obviously, they want to run the football more. At least that's what Mike McCarthy said before this past season. And they clearly weren't able to do it. Didn't have the horses to win that race. What does this offseason look like in Dallas?
1: Well, there's people that believe, and we'll see. There's people that believe within the organization that we might see an aggressive approach to Dallas in free agency. That there might actually be... Uh, You know, there's been a, 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 this last several years, especially, you know, with Steven Jones hand at the wheel, uh, it has been more of a conservative approach. They've done a great job with, you know, they've got, you know, Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb, you mentioned Prescott, they've got extensions that they have to think about, but there's some actual thought that maybe that the Cowboys will be a little bit more aggressive in free agency. They did something last year that they've never done, and that's take picks. And move them for veteran players, you know. Maybe you know, they did it with Cooks. They got Houston to pay part of the freight for Cooks. Uh, Gilmore, you know, with the Colts, and they kind of renegotiated that deal, got it for how they wanted. So they've done some things last year that they haven't done before. But there's some people in the organization that I've talked to that believe that we're going to see a, an, an aggressive approach from the Cowboys. Now, again, I'm I'm, I'm hearing all this right now. We'll see what happens, you know, when we get the combine and, you know, we start to hear agents and the Joneses and the bus meetings and all that stuff, you know, how aggressive the Cowboys really, really are going to be. But I I know uh, initially that, like I say, the thoughts after this this week, uh, you know, that that maybe that we'll see a different side of them when it comes to the the player personnel, uh, maybe going after some guys.
2: Uh Brian we only got about 2 minutes left in the segment but you know Green Bay I thought that was actually a good matchup against Dallas even though they're a young team I don't think this is a very good matchup against uh, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco Kyle Shanahan against Joe Barry I feel like that's just a huge mismatch right there What are your thoughts on that game do you think Green Bay could hang with San Francisco uh coming up tomorrow night
1: You know what Green Bay showed showed me a lot in the game here in Dallas I mean and you're right I mean it's going to be difficult for them I mean they struggle in a lot of areas I mean they played what uh, a lot of cover four, which is that you know you play four across mm-hmm. the back and then you know quarters coverage and then have guys you know the linebackers playing it you know so maybe that's a way. I, I, I did watch the 49 the, uh, the 49ers play against the Browns earlier in the year and the way that they played the coverage was kind of interesting. I think if you could find a way to clog the way that 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 they you know that they look at that you know, Brock Purdy looks at a defense. And the the Browns played what we called a robber, where they ran, they played like a too high look, and then ran the safety down to take care of the crossers and stuff like that. So that's what you have to do when you play San Francisco. You can't let them be run after catch team. And so maybe Green Bay, if they play their play their cover four, and then maybe play a little robber and take away those crossers, then they've got a shot. That quarterback's playing great for them, and they run the ball. I mean, that's a physical team running the football the way they do. And, you know, San Francisco is going to have to get tested that way. So uh, I think it's, I think, you know, a lot of people didn't give Green Bay much of a chance when they came here to Dallas, but, you know, maybe Joe Barry can look at some of that tape and and say, okay, don't allow the crossers don't allow the screen game. You know, those are the things you got to worry about with McCaffrey and things like that. And, you know, with, with Kittle and, and the others in this thing, because, you know, you give, you give the 49ers a week to look at you. Uh, they're going to figure out some things.
3: Brian, got about 60 seconds. You saw the Lions up close. Buccaneers looked really good against Philly. You think they yeah. have a chance of keeping it close against Detroit?
1: Yeah, I tell you what, I, I, I tell you, Baker Mayfield's done a really nice job with, uh, you know, Philadelphia's a broken team, but Baker, you got to give him credit. You know, the, the Buccaneers have been playing playoff football the last six weeks of the season. They really have. And so, yeah, you got to like teams' chances like that. I just think Detroit, though Detroit's ability to to get after you on the, with their defensive front, I think, can cause some problems. And they've got some big time players too in there uh, at, at, at the skill and the quarterback's playing well too. It's going to be a really really good matchup between those two. I do like Detroit at home though because I think that crowd really does give them a lot of energy. And you know, but I love the skill players uh, from uh, Detroit uh on the outside but tampa's got some good ones too i think tampa's just uh, uh excuse me detroit's just a little bit better when it's going to have to be coming to converting third downs in this game
0: yeah boy calling philadelphia broken team is about as descriptive as you could possibly be with that organization right now brian brought us 105.3 the fan great to talk to you again my friend
1: appreciate Thanks, you guys bro. enjoy the weekend take care
0: yeah never know what to gauge with them Talk to Mike Shope next, live from Buffalo. It's BetMGM tonight.
1: The winning
3: trifecta is Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. All three will be right back on BetMGM tonight. Presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL.